Welcome to Analog Stick, a PlayStation 2 podcast, the podcast where every month we do a deep dive on one PS2 title. We cover the game's development history, discuss its legacy, and share our thoughts and opinions on the game through a modern lens. We release a new episode of Analog Stick on the second of every month, so subscribe or follow if you'd like to stay up to date with the show. Please support the podcast by leaving a review or rating on whatever platform you like to listen on. You can find us on podcast platforms and YouTube as Analog Stick. I'm your host, Clayton, joined as always by my sentient Tiki Mask co-host, Morgan. Morgan, how are you? Are you okay? You had like several conniptions in the middle of that intro. Just want to make sure you're okay. All right. So so here's me answering your greeting in my totally normal voice because I don't want to do risk doing an impression of a certain type of accent that oh, will geez, yeah. cause problems. So yeah. I'm here I am, my mm-hmm. white girl voice. Hi. Yeah, we're, we are the number one PlayStation 2 podcast, and we must be very careful <laughs> about what carefully. we say. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're speaking to a larger audience now, so we have to <laughs> sure stay calm. I decided for, for the audio listeners that we cherish, so and the video listeners, we don't show our freaking faces on video either, but I decided to just jump into my little tiny recording booth and just immediately do the intro and catch Morgan off guard. I was frightened. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was out of breath. Okay. <laughs> So a little bit of housekeeping before we jump into the show. Uh, Please continue to hit us up with any feedback, any questions, any comments, any any mail to analogstickmail at gmail.com. We're currently working on compiling enough listener inquiries to do a bonus episode is my thought. We've already gotten a couple very nice people out there. Thank you all for writing in. Uh, I don't know if you saw the most recent few. I don't know if I did. They were pleasant. People, People find in the show. Nice. That's oh, good. I have a request for people who who might be thinking about writing in. Um, if you also like want to talk about or or like have anything um, specific to say about uh, video game lore, like any of the games that we've covered, if you want to do like a deep dive into the lore mm-hmm. and stuff, because I love lore. Mm-hmm. I love talking about lore. So if you have anything, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, we had that very nice comment uh, from Judy Hopps from Zootopia. <laughs> on our um, Haunting Grounds podcast a while ago where she yeah. explained um, some of the deeper aspects of the lore that we didn't quite catch up on. Some some symbolism that might have been happening there. And that was very nice. So uh, thank you again, Judy Hops, for that one. Unfortunately, <laughs> speaking of animal-like people, mm. we received no poison pen letters from the Sonic community after our Sonic episode, which I'm a little disappointed by. I'm kind of hoping for some hate mail at some point, but... Well, see, that's why that's why I provided the the lore invitation because it's like okay, well, well, if you don't want to like fight us, if if you would like to, like I said, just talk about the lore, just throw in your two cents, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like oh, you think Sonic's not so bad? All right, prove it. Tell me, tell me why Chaos <laughs> is terrifying and this froggy character is like a, a demigod or something. Yeah, hey, tell uh, tell us what the fuck was up with the uh, shadow clones. Yeah, what's going on with that? That was know. weird. Speaking of shadow clones. Uh, where are you at, Naruto? We need to have a Naruto check-in. Okay, yeah. Sorry, listeners, we're going to have another Naruto check-in. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sasuke and Naruto are currently battling it out, uh, and they have been for the past probably, what, 15 episodes or something? I don't know. Uh, but that's where I'm at right now. So once that fight is over, you are free to skip to the last, the absolute last episode of Naruto and then move on to Shippuden. Interesting. Okay, so I need to watch the last episode of Naruto. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yeah. is the filler bad? Yes, it's not great. I tried. Um, That's so I, weird. I tried. Um, 
the um like the next arc that they got into it was just boring there was like a noticeable dip in the animation quality um and then by the time you skip ahead to the final episode of naruto you see like a major dip in animation quality like i um i got a a minor in animation production uh in college so like i know a little bit about animation and, and that sort of thing and i could tell like some of the the frames that i was seeing i was like ooh this is rough. Like this looks a little amateur um, in some okay. ways. But yeah, the, the last episode uh, sets up um, basically uh, where all the characters will be in the beginning of Shippuden. So that's that's why it's important to see that and then move on. Yeah. I'm, I haven't skipped anything as of yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm did you did you also not skip anything until this point as well? Until until the end of this, this current fight. arc. Yeah, I, I hadn't. I hadn't skipped anything. And then, like I said, I got started on the filler and I was like, this is really boring. <laughs> mm. it, it just was not good. So that's upsetting. Yeah. Now, there might be some hidden gems in there that I just don't know about. I haven't taken the time to try and like research that, though, and see like which is, of the filler would be fun to watch. Is everybody going to get older? Is there going to be a time jump? Yeah, there's a time jump of uh, about three years, I think. OK. And then Shippuden starts. So when you start Shippuden... Might I just say, the first uh, intro for Shippuden is hype as fuck, and also um, everybody's designs get updated too, so that's kind of cool. Well, not everybody, yeah. but like the kids' designs get updated, which is fun. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm looking forward. I have, a, I have a lot of mechanical keyboards to build, so I probably will... I don't know. I like filler. I liked the like couple episodes of filler while I was building some keyboards, because that was just like, I don't really need to pay that much attention to this, but... Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a little something something going on while I'm working on this, while I'm lubing all these switches. Yeah. But all right, I'm ready to get into one of our opening topics, whichever one we decided on. Wasted potential in games? Yeah. Let's get spicy. Let's trash talk. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'll let you bring up whatever you have in mind first. You gave me the blankest look, so. <laughs> <laughs> you can go first. <laughs> okay. So my pick for wasted potential is something that we will get into in a, actually, you know what? Something else. I'm gonna hit it with something else. Because okay. we'll get into this in a minute anyway. Okay. Um so when I when I threw this out there as a potential opening topic ideal, I feel like it kind of applies to Crash because we'll get into like the Toys for Bob situation and like the current state of Crash, which I feel like is a lot of I feel like it's a lot of not what Crash fans want. Mm, um mm-hmm. I mean, Crash 4 was pretty fantastic, I think. I'm sure most Crash fans would agree, but it doesn't seem like we're getting any more of those games. Instead, we're getting these weird multiplayer Crash games, which that's not what I want. Maybe what like two people want, but it's not what I want. I don't know. And I feel like that's a bit of waste of potential. So I was thinking of other franchises or developers that kind of having some potential wasted due to mismanagement or whatever. I'm going to throw out Media Molecule as a developer that i feel like is being or has been for like the last nine years completely wasted as far as like the talent that must have been there i'm sure a lot of people must have left at this point because it's been so long and they've been developing just dreams for a very long time they went from little big planet 2 which was like the last official big release well i guess tear away or something like that but like Big AAA sort of like home PlayStation console release was Little Big Planet 2, which was fantastic. Two kind of just farting around on dreams for like 
the last however many years. I th- I don't want to like say this confidently, but I think on my PlayStation podcast, I don't know if it was a rumor or something. So take this with like zero grains of salt, um, or many <laughs> or grains with of many, salt. Take it with spoonful. many grains of salt. Yeah, yeah. A big spoonful of salt. I believe that dreams might have been getting shut down or something like that, which is like, man, this is just they imagine working on something that is just nothing for (laughs) for nine years. Well, however long it's been. Yeah, I was going to say I've spent a year writing fan fiction and that's like, no, I don't like working on nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But um, do you have any experience with Little Big Planet? I don't know if that's a franchise that you. Okay, no, uh, I would. um. We played it together at uh, Claire's house when I came over when we were kids. Absolutely, like one of the most like I think formative games when it comes to like this like weird aesthetic that I just love and have like a big fixation with is <laughs> like the small. Like you're playing as someone small and you're playing around a bunch of household like crafty objects and stuff. Yeah, you're just Toy a little guy. Yeah, like Toy Story esque almost. Yeah. Like it's small. Uh, that's not necessarily what Little Big Planet is. It's a bit more like all over the place as far as like what is what size and stuff. But it feels like you're a small little guy, mm-hmm. you know, surrounded by like household objects and stuff like that. Uh, another game that like really triggered this for me, uh, which is also a fantastic game on its own, is uh, It Takes Two, where you mm-hmm. get shrunk down. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids-esque, except it's the parents getting shrunk down. What a beautiful twist on that. Tried and they're getting formula. divorced. And they're getting divorced. Morgan, mm. you live with a gamer husband. Mm-hmm. How are you not playing this amazing co-op game? Uh, he is. Um, he's also married to Destiny. So. Oh, I forgot about your open <laughs> marriage situation <laughs> yeah. that you had. <laughs> Destiny too. Yeah, our yeah. our third. <laughs> Must be hard to. It's a. It's like a Mormon sort of relationship happening there where he has two wives but you have one husband yeah um (laughs) i I still like to think that i'm the favorite wife but maybe you know i mean some days i question no he's up sometimes he's late to bed sometimes he's up with destiny late into the night yeah and i can hear him yelling in the other no oh my god no don't even destiny is a game i guess we should point out yeah someone is like living under a rock and doesn't in case someone has not left the PS2 generation, it doesn't right. know Destiny is a game because it is also a name. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we so, don't. We there's not a third. It's just the two of us and this video game. It's it's like that meme, like me, my girlfriend, and her five hundred dollar. It's like me, my husband, and his probably five hundred plus dollars he spent on Destiny Two and all of its merch. Oh God! There was one point where I confronted my brother. I was like, "How much money have you spent on Fortnite?" Out of curiosity. Oh no! And he's like, "You know, I'm not. I'm not going to answer that." <laughs> that's bad that's that's sad i think that is there any morgan i assume the answer for you is a big fat no hmm. but is there any like game with like microtransactions in the more modern sense where you like buying cosmetics and stuff hell no that you've spent have you spent any amount of money on these no you've never <laughs> spent a dime on a well, cosmetic no, I haven't actually. Um, anything that like I had in Siege, I was mooching off of Sage's like season pass. Mm. So like all that stuff I got. I mean, he was paying for it, but I got it for free. I would say that's a little different. Oh, okay. Like, cause that's that's characters. But you know? yeah, no, I've never bought a season pass. I am mm-hmm. I am immune to the Michael transactions. The Michael transactions. Yeah. Yes. I would equate that what's going on with Siege is more as more it's almost akin to a subscription. Where yeah. you expect, kind of like Destiny, 
Like Destiny well, doesn't like have Overwatch a subscription. Now. Sorry. Right. Overwatch is kind of like that. It's like a mix between the two because it's part of a battle pass. Mm-hmm. But it is like you're buying a hero at like a regular interval for this otherwise free to play or fixed cost game. So Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's the company getting money out of you, but it's it's a little different. I guess. I don't know. The only game that like really got me when it came to cosmetic microtransactions was like the first part of Rocket League. I was going to say Rocket League. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of lost me because initially I thought that they were like really fair. Like it was like, hey, do you want to pay two dollars to be a DeLorean? And I was like, yeah, that's like two dollars and the DeLorean looks cool. You know, this game that I paid twenty dollars for is like. I didn't really mind it. I played it a lot and I was like, the DeLorean looks sweet. Yeah. But they've kind of switched to a more Fortnite model where instead of paying $2 for a DeLorean, you're paying like $20 for wheels and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is not what I wanted. So, yeah, there's that. I, do, I didn't mind the Rocket Pass thing that they had. I thought they had one of the more fair like Battle Pass type things. I don't know. That was more of a that was the only game that I played where like I'm like, oh, it's so cool to make my car look cool. I don't think any other game has really done that for me where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so cool to make my like I mostly like the default skins in Overwatch and stuff like that. Uh or like the lore accurate skins for some reason. I don't know. I'm not I don't know. Unless it's like a stupid silly skin that I'm like, I'm putting this on because it's silly and I have it for some reason. I just I, it's not a big deal to me. Like the Reinhardt skin that makes the train noise when you charge. That one's pretty cool. That's or the Lucio everything. skin where he plays jazz music instead. Yeah. That one's that one's neat. Yeah. That one's neat. Uh never paid for any loot box. No. The... No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, they also really didn't make you like you earned loot boxes at such a such a fat, fast rate that a unless, fat rate. <laughs> a fat Sorry. rate. That unless you were like desperately trying to acquire every new skin or something, I don't. It wasn't a big issue, mm-hmm. I don't think. But yeah. So, Morgan, what is a game publisher, developer, or franchise that you feel like has a lot of wasted potential? Well, it's it's really hard to say considering the the developer of the game that I'm about to bring up because it seems like everybody always gives them the um the benefit of the doubt, even though there's all these memes circulating about the man, the myth, and the legend Todd Howard and his lies, <laughs> and you can't believe his lies. But uh, I think I think the biggest, one of the biggest wastes in potential in games, Fallout seventy six, really big stinker, a big, really fat big stinker. stinker. Yeah, you know, people have been begging for a multiplayer Bethesda game for a while. Or some 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 dedicated group of people had been wanting that, and yeah, it did seem to not impress. Yeah, it just I I don't really play it myself anymore. I mean, like I played it when it first came out. I played the beta and everything like that. And I played some of um when they like tried to quote unquote like fix everything with like the wastelanders and like introduce human NPCs and stuff. It's just a really awkward mishmash of a whole bunch of different ideas and it feels like it just sort of has a an identity crisis because like some of the old content is still like, you know, obviously geared toward the like, oh, there's no humans and like, oh, there's this mystery of like what happened to the overseer. But because of like the Wastelanders content, it's like, oh, no, the overseer is just chilling in her house over there. She's totally fine. And it like kills the suspense of like, you you can't like enjoy 
one aspect of the game without completely ignoring another aspect of the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of a hot mess. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like a result of like they needed a bigger team and like more resources dedicated to it. Probably that's probably what it is. Um, But I, I think I think it's something that has a lot of potential. They just really goobered it in a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah, I, I, the whole like the I would say the core Bethesda franchises being Fallout and Elder Scrolls have not. I mean, I okay, I take that back. I know people like genuinely like Elder Scrolls Online, but for those who are like into, honestly, why wasn't Fallout seventy six more akin to like an Elder Scrolls Online if they were going to make it multiplayer? Like, I don't know. I mean, Fallout 76, because there are the assets of Fallout 4 within Fallout 76 yeah. somewhere in there. Like you can like somebody like hacked it, and like spawned in the Pridwin into Fallout 76 one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they just like took Fallout 4's like engine and a lot of it's like the base of that game. And they were like, we're just going to like sort of, sort of like jury rig it into this multiplayer thing. And I think that's a lot of why it's broken just because the engine is not. And and I think they're like server infrastructure. It seems to be kind of like crappy because there's such like when you are like pointing your gun at an enemy and you shoot the enemy, there's such a huge delay between pulling the trigger, your gun firing and like the enemy health bar ticking down. It's like ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. the amount of like delay they have going on. I don't know. It's just anything that you could be like this is like sort of a hot mess about this game it's a hot mess inventory management bad the modding system they goobered it the the difficulty curve i've heard people complain about it being way too easy i don't know because i was always like running out of stim packs somehow um yeah it's just a a lot of issues i would uh man it's because starfield is coming out are you interested in starfield is it did you watch I mean, that demonstration they had recently? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, the demonstration looks good. Um, I, I am skeptical of, because the way the way Bethesda does games, um, at least as, as far as my opinion is concerned, I know other people might feel differently, but it feels like they always like front load their games to be like really impressive for the first like hour or two. Um, so like, like the opening of Skyrim, it's like, oh, wow, this is so impressive because like, um, you you know you have like this dragon attack and um then like you go to like riverwood it's like a very like guided experience and then you make your way to white run and then you find a dragon it's like whoa this is crazy but then like when you actually like start to interact with the rest of the world and like get out there it starts to all feel kind of like samey and like boring and there's nothing as big and flashy and showy as like the main quest is or whatever um Mm. and fallout 4 has the same problem um with like the like oh like we have this like moment where the brotherhood of steel shows up and it's like wow like there's the third one and everything but then like hours later you're just sort of like bored with it i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know how else to explain it um and so the the reason why i'm skeptical of uh starfield is the um like the how many planets they have they're like yeah there's like thousands of planets or whatever or like a thousand planets to explore it's like okay cool but like are these planets going to like actually be interesting or is it going to be like the same sort of like awkward randomly generated dungeons and like oblivion or um or or are all the quests going to be like uh radiant 
generated sort of like how they were in skyrim where it's like yeah here's a quest go to this cave and kill bandits and it's like that's so generic and doesn't do right. anything for me or like yeah. here go help these settlers like preston fallout 4 it's like that doesn't th- th- there's like no like storytelling i mean i guess there's like emergent storytelling like depending on like what you know you come across as you're exploring but there's no like narrative to latch on to there aside from i guess what you make of it yourself which if you're but if you're doing the same basic tasks over and over again it just gets boring right I don't know. yeah so i'm i'm hesitant i am not like on board like a hype train i'm i'm feeling very neutral like mm-hmm. i'll see it when it happens i guess or i'll yeah, believe yeah. it when i see it sort of a thing I would put myself in like the skeptical category and also just kind of just kind of blanket statement. I'm not super interested. Like it mm. could be pretty great. And if it was like and if it was like really great, then then maybe I'd try to check it out. But I just I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to cram in. I'm still trying to finish Zelda. <laughs> yeah, that too. I got, I don't even, oh, I got to go back and like finish the platinum on Skyrim because I was so close before Zelda came out. <laughs> um, and then yeah. I don't know what else is on my list. I'm I'm working on clearing up some games that I just kind of have open. I got a lot of open tickets right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like for me, like personally, like a big draw to big, like epic RPGs like that for me is always the the storytelling and the characters, which is something that I get way more out of when I play like a Bioware game, for example, because that right. has the attention yeah. to detail with like the characters and, and like the plot and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like Persona where it's like, yeah, this is super dense, super mm-hmm. meaty and also very good. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. I think the, that covers it for our opening segment here. I was going to bring up Star Wars, but we discussed so much Star Wars in the Star Wars episode. So if you're interested in interested in hearing us complain about basically the same thing the wasted potential of star wars then go go watch the star wars battlefront episode yeah um, and the story where i shit my pants and the story where you shit your pants. you're not gonna have to make it very far into the episode to hear no. that story and i will um, not elaborate yeah the the, <laughs> the podcast starts and you're like i shit my pants yeah um it's basically how it goes so let's uh let's cover let's cover some background information on uh Wrath of Cortex before we get into our opinions and such. So, Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex is preceded by five entries in the Cl- Crash. I'm going to say Clash a lot, probably, but I'm just going to keep going. In the Crash series, uh, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy by Naughty Dog on the PS1, followed by Team Racing, which I think was Naughty Dog. I think so. It may have not been, but who knows? It, it may have been. Um, I think it was. We're so good at podcasting. Yeah. Sorry. I'm actually pretty positive Crash Team Racing is. I'm not going to Google it. Okay, I'm Googling it. I see, yeah, I was going to say, I see you typing. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty dog. I knew it because we are experts on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Crash Bash was not, don't know who made it, uh, and I'm not going to look that up. So, Wrath of Cortex is considered to be like the fourth main series entry. And it is also the first game to not be developed by Naughty Dog. It was instead developed by Travelers tales why did i pick why am i struggling with words i don't Um, know i didn't pick these words so yeah traveler's tales the lego people is probably how they're known um they're a british game development studio that's been releasing games under a variety of publishers going all the way back to the genesis and snes generation so they've been around for a while i mean they're still around today making lego games basically exclusively for warner brothers 
but it's impressive to see such a long and storied studio still around so notable games that they made before crash were like sonic 3d blast sonic r so they were working uh with sega on those and uh they had a variety of like pixar games bugs life for the ps1 and the like four toy story games for the ps1 i i can't i think toy story is like fairly fondly remembered if not it's like a fairly i don't know it's a memorable sort of movie tie-in game mm-hmm. i guess sage played through it not that long yeah, ago he did for recently. whatever reason <laughs> yeah again love being a tiny little person in a real big world yeah so getting into crash bandicoot the wrath of cortex's development um, it was initially pitched as a game called Crash Worlds, and there is a YouTube channel uh, called Game Hut that is, uh, you know, run by John Bourbon or Burton, uh, who was the creative director at Traveler Ta- Traveler's Tales Jesus. during the time of Wrath Cortex's development. And he may still be—I don't know. I'm not sure, but he's got a ton of like interesting videos, like on Crash uh, Wrath of Cortex and like some of the Lego games, like different development stories and. He had one where he was kind of going over the design document for what would end up becoming Wrath of Cortex, originally pitched as Crash Bandicoot Worlds. And it was a lot of the same ideas focusing around the different elements and stuff. There was there was some stuff that was changed. There was meant to be like a boss lady named Elemental. uh, Hmm. Ellie. Ellie? Elemental. 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 So a little different, got changed around a little bit. And there was meant to be some like, Some changes made to the Crash formula. It was going to be a little more open world, free roaming. I don't know if open world and free roaming mean the same things that I'm thinking they mean, but that's how I heard it referred to. Approximately. Yeah, Crash is a very linear game, like previously, and maybe it was just meant to be more like Mario 64, something along that those lines or something. I'm not sure. But uh, due to some sort of dispute between Universal and Sony during the development, uh, Traveler's Tales was forced to make some severe alterations to the game they had been developing, basically scrapping the original idea and moving on to creating a more traditional Crash Bandicoot game under a tight one-year deadline. So that's uh, how we ended up with the game we have. Crash Bandicoot The Wrath of Cortex was released for the PlayStation 2 in North America on October 30th. 2001 spooky very spooky um the game was received softly by critics at the time uh, with a combined metacritic score for the various systems it was released on sitting in the mid 60s so you know some some people viewed it more positively than others it was criticized by a lot of people for being very similar to previous crash entries which Mm -hmm. i think is a little a weird criticism in my opinion but yeah people hated the uh underwater levels some of the other vehicle levels, playing as Coco was another issue some people brought up. Uh, load times were universally panned, I think, for the PlayStation 2. Yeah, those were kind of something kinda we didn't. Much. Oh, I'm not sure. Like, were load times longer for you? Because we um, neither of us played on an actual disc. So yeah, I don't. I mean, they seemed like. I mean, they weren't like atrocious, but like I, there were times where I was just kind of sitting there, like, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, I'll just get into this now. I played it. So you emulated the game Mm -hmm. um, and I played it on an actual PlayStation 2. I was going to play it with the disc that I have 
And maybe I'm I'm glad that I found out that this did not work because I forgot about the load times. So I played it off of a hard drive through free McBoot. And the load times were like basically instantaneous. Like it was much faster to do it that oh. way. Yeah, that probably saved me. I don't know, maybe like up to an hour. I don't know. I played the hmm. game for a while, so yeah, that may have saved me a lot of time, all things considered. But yeah, they were, I don't know if they were like up to like 30, or probably up to like 15 seconds, I would say. And there's a lot of loading that happens in between levels and everything like that. So everyone seemed to think the game looked good, though. That didn't seem to, the game was very like visually impressive for like a PlayStation 2 game, early PlayStation 2 game. Okay. I think it was. Especially oh, I, I guess, yeah, 2001. Okay, that's fair. Mm -hmm. So some elements are not, and we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. um, some elements are ass, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, game did sell very well for the time. Reported sales for the PlayStation 2 version in North America sit above 1.5 million units sold. So, And I think that was reported around 2007, so probably well after this game had finished selling all the units it was going to sell, which is pretty good for the time. And Crash post Wrath of Cortex has kind of been in like a sort of, I don't know, weird limbo status where it's like there's occasionally good games or occasionally decent games and a lot of middling or bad games as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, the future of Crash today is still pretty unclear. At the time of recording this episode, Microsoft's attempted acquisition of Activision, uh, who is the current holder of the Crash IP. Uh, seems to have encountered a roadblock, I believe, with like, I believe with something in Europe. I don't really know. I haven't been following it too deeply, but I know that there was some sort of roadblock that was kind of like, oh, I don't know if this will actually go through now. So we'll see. Um, under, under Activision's rule, they released Crash 4, which was great, and the Insane Trilogy, which was also great. Um, but Toys for Bob's like team, I think, has been mostly relegated to Call of Duty support, which is Hey Activision, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Let well, me there just is... say that. <laughs> I think it's most of their team or something like that. I don't know. There's not a Crash 5 in development, I don't think, which is sad. Oh, I don't uh, even give a shit about that. I just want Spyro back. I know, I know. <laughs> I Crash 4 was amazing and it makes me wish that there was a yeah. another Spyro. I think people were afraid of the higher price point. I don't know how well it sold, actually. So maybe they maybe it sold great and they were still like, mm, that's not Call of Duty numbers. Uh, it makes more sense for you to work on Call of Duty still. <sighs> it's, uh, it's, it's sad. Um, under, under a Microsoft, I wonder if these IP would actually be allowed to like continue <laughs> existing. And I don't really know because people need to work on Call of Duty. Like, I don't know if this team needs to work on Call of Duty, but they obviously need support studios. Mm -hmm. Maybe it could be someone else. I don't know. I, they feel like Crash 4 had like a Nintendo level of like pol polish and quality. Yeah. That I feel like is, is worth letting them do what they do best, which seems right. to be... Right, instead of just being a support team. Like... Yes. Like... Duh. Man, yeah. Because uh, Toys for Bob was also responsible for Spyro Reignited. Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but they weren't responsible for Insane Trilogy. That was Vicarious Visions. But yeah, those were two very, very, very well produced games. So it's it's a shame. Um, there's also Crash Team Rumble. I don't know if you've seen this. It's a multiplayer PvP crash game developed by some amount of people from Toys for Bob. 
it feels like they're being held at gunpoint. <laughs> they're like, make make a make a live service Crash Bandicoot game if you want to make a Crash game. Or it's like, like a monkey's okay. paw situation. Activision yeah. is presenting them with a monkey's paw situation. Like, mm-hmm. Do you want a Crash game? Make it a live service game. Ugh. Ugh. I assume this game will be dead in the near future. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I watched some footage of it and I'm like, why? <laughs> why did you do this? It's it's so like I feel like AAA uh game studios are like so risk averse these days. Mm-hmm. But also then then sometimes you get things like this where it's like who asked for this? <laughs> Cuz we didn't, I don't think. Yeah, I guess this is kind of the risk adverse decision because I assume this required very few resources cuz it looks like Crash 4. So I assume they're reusing stuff and it has the potential for like monetization and stuff like that. <sighs> so dumb but yeah okay then like maybe with a small group of dedicated players we could make more than crash 4 made which is sad yeah it is sad anyway (laughs) so yeah that's a current state of toys for bob so morgan i'm curious to know what your history with crash bandicoot as a series is and also with this specific game Mm -hmm. so um my first game console as a child was the PlayStation 1 and I got it as a hand-me-down from my cousin. And my favorite games on the PlayStation 1 uh were Crash 2, Crash 3, mm. and the first two Spyro games. That's a fun um, set of games to have as a kid. Yeah, yeah, so that that's what I was like really into um aside from and then you know like we eventually got a PS2, got the Spyro and the Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. which we're covering next month. Um, oh, yeah. Spoilers and, for the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And no, uh, like Sly Cooper and Ratchet and Clank and all that. Um, but but yeah, so I would watch my dad uh, struggle through Crash 2 and 3 and probably uh, was trying to refrain from swearing a whole lot. At least I don't remember him swearing. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to play Crash 2 and 3. I haven't I haven't tried them yet. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think the first Crash game is definitely the hardest and the third is the easiest. Like like there's like a decline in difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the third the third was my favorite because it was the easiest. And you know, this game is very similar to the third one, at least in terms of like yeah. like the 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 way the levels are sort of like spread out like the warp room and everything is like basically the exact same. So mm-hmm. I sort of felt like at home playing this game. I was like, "Oh, okay, I know what's going on." Gotcha. So you haven't played this game before though. No. No. Okay. I haven't. It feels like I remember it being a fairly common game, but maybe maybe not to the extent that I was thinking. But yeah, my, my history with Crash, I had this game as a kid and I think it was my first Crash game. I don't think I ever made it past like the Fire World or anything. Mm. Probably something in the Fire World getting hung up on there or whatever. I just like to play the earlier levels because they were fun and easy. So yeah, that's that's my like kid history with Crash. Uh, recently I did go through and get the platinum trophy in crash one. That was the, that was the literal first thing I did when I got my PS five. I was like, what am I going to do? Get the freaking like hardest platinum trophy I can think of. Yeah. Um, in crash one. So you, I think to complete it, you needed, you needed like all the gems, Mm -hmm. all of that. But you, I think you needed the golden relics which were like not the highest tier of speed run that you could do, but like the second highest tier. And it was, it was a struggle. I remember some of those levels, like 
at this point, probably like the back of my hand because I just played them over and over and over oh and gosh. over again relentlessly. They required like such, you had, you had to be so mechanically precise at all <laughs> times. I don't know why I did that. Because um, you're obsessive. Maybe. I also, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like, I think it's fun when there's some like challenge, like a very difficult challenge that is easily understood. It's like, yeah. I looked at the game and I'm like, that's what I have to do. It's going to be hard, but it is like, that is it. I don't have to like right. collect all 700 Korok seeds or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like complete the levels by like these two completion requirements or whatever, which I was like, yes, I will do that. But I, I haven't played like Crash 2 to a significant degree or Crash 3, which I have been told are the better games. But I just like playing the bad games, apparently. <laughs> and I also 100% of this game. So yeah, I just I just beat the game. Yeah. So I, I for some I beat the game once and then I was like, OK, I'm going to play it again and record footage. So I started a new save file and I'm like, I'm just 100% this game. Yeah. Why not? Well, actually, I think for like the earliest, like the the first uh, three chunks of levels, I was getting like 100% of the boxes. So like I was mm -hmm. getting like the silver gem, too. But then I just gave up i was like i just want to finish it i don't care <laughs> yeah yeah did you end up using like save states to get through oh yeah i okay. abused the shit out of that <laughs> i think i definitely would have as well because there's some there's some parts there's like, some bullshit there is i fucking man we'll get into <laughs> some specifics but yeah yeah for now let's get into some very 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 important questions so crash your coco you can only save one. Oh no um i mean like crash i'm like yeah i don't know he's dumb <laughs> and i find that charming <laughs> yeah i i, I can't remember this because i only saw the intro to crash one i think once but i think the whole thing is that they're trying to like dr neocortex is trying to mind control crash like he has with all the other animals um but i think crash is too dumb <laughs> I think that's the whole like premise. Wait, like, in the intro of the first game? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he's just right. too dumb to be mind controlled, which is really funny. <laughs> that's an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'd save Crash too. Yeah. Coco's neat, but Crash is my boy. So Coco's going to have to perish for this question. Okay. Another very important question. Real, t real test of your character, I would say. Mm -hmm. Are you pressing circle or R1 to slide? I would use circle um, because I would like to like slide and then go into a jump because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that gives you like, I think that's like a little bit faster of a way to like get around. No, um, it's like, it was... it's like the big jump. That's how you, okay. that's how you get real tall. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it just for, it felt more natural for me to move from like the circle button to the X. Interesting. With like the roll of my thumb or whatever. Interesting. I felt I felt the opposite. I was like R one. Oh. That's the easy way to do it because I can just keep my finger on R one and just wow. press that sucker. <laughs> you know. So again, very balanced podcast. Yeah. So, uh, mangoes or wampa fruits? How did you refer to them as a kid? Um, I think I called them apples. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think okay. I knew that they that they I've, were supposed to be mangoes. I feel like everyone I know thought they were mangoes. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I mean, wampa, wampa fruit is more fun to say. Wampa fruit is what they are. Okay. Well, but I'm going to go like, with wampa, but mm -hmm. I definitely call them apples. That's interesting. 
Yeah, at work I was playing. At work we have this video store thing going on where we try to theme our offices and ours is going to be a video store. My corner of the office was going to be dedicated to like video game rentals. So I was going to print out some oh. fake some fake boxes and stuff from different it's all it's a work in progress. I got some mm-hmm. some Pokemon VHSs and all that. But I do have a CRT that I brought in there just constantly playing demos, trailers, long plays, all the sorts. And That's I was amazing, playing actually. I was playing Crash and someone walked in and he's like, "Oh, he's not getting all the mangoes." That's <laughs> not how you play the game and I'm like, "That's so funny that we all thought they were mangoes apparently." Um, but yeah, I mangoes is good. But apples, you know what? What an interesting take. Again, very balanced podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, this one's a bit deeper. You might okay. have to think about it a bit longer. And it does not apply to this game generally speaking. You could take it however you want actually. Okay. Earth, water, fire or air okay see i i see the four elements my first thought immediately avatar right right yes i'm thinking i'm thinking earth bending water bending fire bending air bending i think i think um i think i would be a fire bender mm, that's fitting yeah fitting. what about you i think i'd have to i think i'm like 70 percent air I was going to say, you know, I'm I'm bald. I was going to say you have the bald head like the air nomads. <laughs> I'm bald, you know. Uh, but I do I do feel a little bit of a pull to earth. Mm, Maybe mm-hmm. that's just gravity, but Okay. I think I yeah, mean mostly towards air. I I feel like earth would be my fallback as well. Like mm-hmm. if if for some reason fire, like if I wasn't actually a fire person, I think I would be very grounded. mm mm-hmm. Mhm sturdy can't push me over easily actually yeah. i have a huge pushover that's a lie um but if you had earth's powers you'd become like a weeble wobble and you couldn't yeah be knocked down. yeah you can like push me around all over the place i'll just get back up and mm-hmm. stand there anyway mm-hmm. can can we talk about the the in in game the water elemental's voice yes. was not fitting in the slightest no for... i didn't think it was fitting it was no. strange did you know who that was he's the guy that does the military man voices yeah, like i recognize the, his voice from other things yeah he's like the drill sergeant right yeah 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 um, and i'm like why is the water elemental a drill sergeant that makes no sense yeah i That's don't know not what, even we'll get into that i'm not sure if you picked up on some of the bigger actors involved in this but we'll get no. to that in a minute well eh. you'll see okay um all right okay this is a this is another this is probably one of the more serious very important questions that we've ever discussed how do you prefer you oh i've read the second half and i realized it wasn't very serious um <laughs> How do you, how do you like, how hard do you like your games, but described in the same way that you would describe cooked eggs? I'll let you interpret oh. that however you want. Provide some reasoning, what I guess. What yeah. the fuck? Um. For example, I would describe Crash 1 as like a wet scramble, you know? Like what? there's some parts that are like, <laughs> some parts that are still soft, some parts that got cooked like all the way and they're hard and they're just all over the place. There's no like slow ramp or anything like that. Uh, I I know the audience can't see me right now, but what's going on is I have my head in my hands and I have my my fingers on my temples and I'm making my eyebrows look crazy and I'm making like the blankest expression possible because this analogy is not jiving with me. I didn't expect this problem to stump you. Okay. I I'll oh. just say I prefer my games like a nice medium boiled egg, you know? Okay. 
I want to I want to have like a gradient between soft to squishy to difficult and hard. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I think I know. I think I have an idea for what I like. But I also I like, like a good hard boiled game. So, yeah, I like. Um, have you ever had like a ramen egg that's been like, um, oh, what's the what's the term? Uh, marinated in like the like sauce or whatever and so it's like salty and you could like cut it open like the inside like it's like hard boiled but the inside the yolk is still like a little bit creamy mm-hmm. you know okay okay it's 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 more about it, it's not so much about like how how hard boiled is the egg it's like is this experience is the overall experience pleasant for me okay um i don't i don't mind if it's a little bit um hard harder boiled i guess if that's a way you can say it. if the seasoning is good okay you know what i mean like so difficulty like, with seasoning yeah yeah the, i will endure certain amounts of like difficulty if like the overall experience is like really like doing it for me mm-hmm. so like like fire emblem three houses that that i i love those anime kids i love that i get to teach and train those anime kids so i will do a maddening difficulty playthrough for them also because like there's mechanics like I like games with mechanics where it's like you can approach this from whatever level you want to approach it from like if you want to do a deep dive and like get really into it and like turn on all these like additional like challenges or whatever you can do that but if you want to like keep it more casual we have a casual mode for you like that's what I'm about is I'm right. about customizing the experience to my mood okay. instead of just like sh- banging my head against a wall like why mm-hmm. is this egg so terrible for me yeah. i don't know <laughs> you want like a golden corral but only for eggs and different spices yeah like choose your own egg sort of buffet right yeah okay. yeah uh and much 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 this game much like our college's cafeteria <laughs> could use some more seasoning i think <laughs> don't uh, <laughs> no, it's humiliating there's that some someone somewhere has me sounding like a dumbass on like their usb drive or something yeah, yes use more seasonings anyway i don't know what episode that's from at this point um but yeah did we talk about that in an episode oh yeah we did we did oh god i don't I even remember, remember. cannot remember when i'm gonna okay. just say sly cooper that's my guess anyway I'm ready to I'm ready to jump into I'm satisfied with these very important questions. Good okay. Job. Okay. Um campaign and concept is what I want to jump into next. So, platformers uh not traditionally very concerned with telling a, a complex or compelling story. But, do you have any general thoughts on the story before we get into specifics? Um here's the thing, I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, so it was basically a cutscene at the beginning and a cutscene at the end. Like I remember, I remember thinking the cutscene at the beginning was too long. I was oh, like, "When's yeah. the game going to start?" Yeah, I was like, is. "I don't care. I just want to get to jumping." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's like five minutes, maybe. It's too long. It's very long. It's longer than it needs to be. You go from like you you go from the bad guys to Crash and his team, and then I think. You go to Aku Aku and Uka Uka and like the elemental mass and then you come back to Crash and then they're going to the space station. It's there a lot. Was, there was one point of the opening cinematic that made me laugh because there's like a transition where like Crash's like little gang is like going to go to like the yeah, like a garage or something. About. And there's like what clearly looks like a placeholder image 
of like the character silhouettes just like in front of like a shittily edited opening garage door. I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be special. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this this opening was probably the like the most visually unappealing aspect yeah. of the entire game. It was not great. For a game that I think looks pretty good, like in motion, playing the game and stuff, you know, um, like environments look nice. Yeah. Varied. Lush, as some would describe. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one guy at Sucker Punch? Yes. Um, Crash Crash himself as a model in the game looks very nice. This The, the, the opening cutscene and all the guys there, they looked pretty pretty dang rough. The environments were like very bland, very empty. It the seemed pretty slapdash. Yeah, it seemed like a kind of a slapdash. We gotta just stick together some intro for this game. I, I don't know. Right. Well, and when you look at like how like that opening cinematic turned out versus what Naughty Dog was able to do with like Jack and Daxter in terms of animation quality, like the difference is like right. kind of insane. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um. The character models in particular, did they did they give you the heebie-jeebies in the beginning of the game? I mean, I was like, oh, these look like the PS1 guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, they, they look pretty much the same to me. <laughs> it's like you had, like, a grainy photo, and it's like, oh, I wonder what they actually look like. And it just got smoothed over. It's like, oh, yeah, they, exactly. they looked like that. Yeah, uh, th- they just don't have, like, the PS1 graphical, like, wibble anymore. I don't know what that's called. Yeah. I know it's, there's probably a technical term for it, but I just call it the wibble. It's like a, it's like a, um, it's like an emulated PS1 game at a higher resolution. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it looks like those models, just higher resolution. Right. Yeah, it and was. And they maybe, like, took gross. some sandpaper and, like, sanded them down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dr. Cortex's eye eyebrows in particular, like the hairy sort of thing that it was very gross yeah. that combined with the animation quality is just kind of sucked luckily the game relies on not humans and masks for a lot of the you know close-up shots which is probably helpful mm-hmm. um but yeah aside from aside from that the story is pretty dang straightforward basically just dr cortex uh creating a new bandicoot big muscular strong bandicoot to destroy crash and with the assistance of like a bunch of different elemental masks crash has to go through a series of levels and defeat the various mask bosses and then defeat um like a combination of all of them at the same time pretty simple oh yeah i feel like this game could have done more with the theme the elemental themes uh because it kind of it's like it tries to theme each world around the element but mm-hmm. in crash fashion they just kind of jump around to different areas locations and you know different types of levels like uh they have like a castle level and then they have like a like underwater section yeah like a diving yeah, segment like, they have a vehicle thing yeah they have like coco's labs. in yeah. there somewhere oh she's in hong kong all the time yeah yeah, yeah. so i feel like just to like add to like the cohesion of like this this elemental theme that they had i feel like instead of you know we still we still go to like various locations around the world or places themed around different places in the world but throw that elemental theme into the design of those various areas like you could still be on a space station but maybe it's on fire i don't know 
like yeah yeah or, or like, like or that. like an underwater level but there's like volcanic vents and that mm-hmm. represents like the fire or something yeah or, yeah something like that like yeah. just to tie it together like it's a, the levels are in different places but they're tied together through this elemental theme as we move from you know earth water fire and wind and stuff like that right that's just my my opinion i guess um and on, on that same note i wish the power-ups that crash received were sort of tied to those elements as well that would have been nice yeah and another thing about the power-ups is i feel like they weren't like fully taken advantage of like i would get like a power-up and be like oh so the next levels are gonna make me use this power-up right and right don't. yeah and yeah. i'm like well then what's the point of the power-up mm-hmm. if there's it's a, not there's very few sections where like it feels like I actually need to do the spin thing to get a further distance. And it's usually yeah. for like some sort of challenge or something. Right. So, And also another thing that kind of frustrated me was when, so, so when you get, get the abilities after the crash or after a boss fight, those abilities only apply to crash. So when you have a Coco level, mm-hmm. you don't ha- you don't get to keep any of those abilities. So I'm like, mm-hmm. so why, <laughs> like, why are we having a, or why didn't you at least give Coco the same abilities? Mm-hmm so that oh, oh, yeah, with the exception whatever. of a few you can run as coco and you can oh, do you the can. super belly flop which is like this extra s- secret thing that you unlock but yeah i think those are the only ones and maybe you could sneak too but you don't have like okay. the double jump you don't have no. the bazooka you don't have you don't even which have like slide weird. jumps yeah um did you figure out that the bazooka was meant to be used in the final boss fight oh yeah did you figure that out on your own because i had to yeah. look it up i'm like what am um, I doing? <laughs> well, so 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 Crash uh, three did something similar where oh, okay. um, you like I think it's like the fourth boss you unlock like a similar like bazooka thing, and then the next like set of levels for like the final set of levels you kind of like have to use it. So I was like, oh, this is the point where like I have to like I was already like aware yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, I think my major complaint with the abilities that you unlock is I feel so the final unbuilt ability that you unlock is sprinting and i think the second ability you unlock is double jumping um but more so with sprinting i feel like that changes the whole like aspect of the time trials Mm -hmm. and if you had spent your time trying to like complete every level as you went and then you unlock (laughs) this sprint ability i imagine that would feel pretty annoying because i have to imagine the time trials are tuned for sprinting so I don't know, actually, or or unless the sprinting is like a reward for like, hey, we'll make the time trials just a little bit easier for you. Like if there were like something you were struggling with that yeah, you're like trying to get along the way. I don't know. But either way, it makes them easier, which is kind of like, oh, well, I wish I didn't do Try all to, of those yeah. as I went, which is not something I did, but something I could see someone at the time doing. Uh, it is listed in the manual that there is a sprint ability eventually, but mm. still, I don't know. Um. Oh, are we, are we, do we want to talk about the mechanics or do we want to move on or we can that later? Oh, before we get into the mechanics, let's just mm-hmm. discuss the two endings thing. Cause that was something that we both found yeah. strange. So <laughs> the default ending that we both received at first, the only ending you can receive at first, I think is the ending where <laughs> you just, you beat them. And then Uka Uka's like, it's okay. He can't beat us. We can we can do this boss fight as many times as we want because we he he doesn't have all the crystals 
Yeah, he said we can still use the power of the crystals to resurrect ourselves or something like that. And yeah, like he won't. And then and then like he says that, and then it immediately cuts to credits. Yeah, it like pulled it, a it cuts it to pulled crash. a scaler on us. Yeah. It cuts to crash and some dude in an afro dancing. Yeah, and I was like, who's this guy? It was very funny. It, it was um, weird. The that's those are those are some of the elements I feel like point to this game sort of rushed development. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, there's some, they have, like, the core there, and I assume that's what was done first. Like, you know, the moveset is good. The mechanics, I think, feel pretty good. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. But, like, the intro cinematics, the ending and stuff like that, those, those are, I feel like, are tells of maybe a, a tighter development window than maybe would be necessary for a game like this. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we both received that ending. Did you look up the alternate true no. ending? Okay. I didn't bother. <laughs> I'll give you a rundown. It's basically um, you free crunch from his mind control. And oh. Then they become friends and the space station blows up. Okay. Like through the power of friendship, their friendship could not be contained by the space station? I think something happens. I think mm. Uka Uka tries to kill Cortex and blows up something or something. They end up on like oh. an iceberg or something. Good for them. Yeah. And then that's where the fanfic picks up, right? Mm -hmm. The Cortex X Uka Uka. Yeah, they're like, well, it looks like we're going to have to repopulate this iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, Crunch Crunch is a new character for this game. How do you feel about his addition to the series? I was I was confused. Well, I also didn't really pay close enough attention in the opening. I was like, I was expecting the boss fights to be like the masks. So I was like, why is it just Crunch over and over again? Which Crunch that kind of again feels like a little bit of like a rushed thing because it's like, oh, we won't come up with like distinct bosses will just keep reusing this guy mm -hmm. in like different ways yeah and like different which is like I, I, it was just a little awkward i kind of liked that he was used by the different elements i feel like that was yeah mostly fitting i don't know i would have been down for either way like new bosses themed around elements or what they did which was crunch with some elements yeah another thing um just like a little like weird continuity thing was specifically there were like the ball rolling levels where old yeah. bosses from crash warped yes. showed up this and is something i've heard there were like about. yeah there were like multiple of them in the same level and it's like how does this make any sense because no. there's only one of them and they've already been defeated and like what that was heck? a i found that very strange like it was incredibly strange again probably a product a byproduct of like it being so rushed they're like mm -hmm. uh here let's take these character models and just stick them in there also frankly <laughs> feels a little disrespectful to it crash does. fans because it's like okay you remember tiny tiger from the series that you love he now just shifts from he, side to side <laughs> he shuffles back and forth like an idiot he doesn't hurt you all. he just no he's just a minor inconvenience <laughs> yeah it's yeah, that's that's so weird. I don't know. It would have been cool to incorporate them in a different way, but like as just these like sort of just random enemies. Strange. Let's move into mechanics. Is there anything specific about the mechanics that you want to jump into first? Uh no, I, I liked where you started okay. with this category. So yeah. let's go ahead. So Crash's core movements, me personally, I found them to be pretty enjoyable. They felt 
good. I felt like I knew what I was doing. There's other aspects of the game that I feel like create the frustration that I think people would experience with this game. But yep. I think the movement itself was fun. Slide jumps are like satisfying. Spinning and stuff like that is satisfying. But the sort of, you know, the other elements that make up good mechanics are kind of holding it back. So, um, but yeah, any, any gripes with the uh, movement specifically? No, no, I think um, I think he feels it, it still feels like you're con- controlling Crash. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't really feel any different from uh, like Crash Warped. Mm-hmm. I, I think the double jump felt a little just slightly awkward. And there were a couple times where like, because I think you have to double jump at like a certain height. And if you start to fall, you can no longer double jump or something like that. Oh, I never which, noticed that. I, I don't know if that's true. It's just kind of what it, it felt like. Hmm. I don't know. But there was also a couple times, I don't know if you ever did this, where, and it, I think it comes down to myself missing an input, but there were a couple times where I would try to slide at the very edge of a ledge, and I would just do, a belly, do a belly flop. Oh, you know what I, mean? I never had that happen. So like, I would be like, okay, I'm running along, I'm reaching the edge of the platform, I'm going to do a super jump at the edge to like maximize my distance. Mm-hmm. And I would just like get to the very edge and then do a belly flop happened to me quite a few times Um, i do have a movement complaint um the 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 points where you like jump up and like grab onto a grate and like do like the monkey bar sort of like super boring it's it's so slow and i swear it wasn't like that in the ps1 games like he moved it like about the same speed as he did on foot yeah in the ps1 games but like in this game it was just like a a very slow oh it was so boring and terrible Mm -hmm. Killed completely killed the momentum of like any level it was in. Oh yeah, I absolutely the worst aspect of all the levels that it appears in. Yeah. Other than that, I think everything else would kind of be a vehicle, which we'll get into separately. So I would say that difficulty when it comes to platformers in most cases uh should probably come from the level level design and not like frustration around controlling a character. I feel like most of the time with a platformer you're looking for fairly simple mechanics that like have a lot of like a short list of mechanics that have some depth, you know, like Mm -hmm. timings of slide jumps or whatever, um, stuff like that. Like getting mechanically good with a very small toolbox is I think what most platformers should be striving for. But I feel like this game's difficulty is sort of like, it's more along the lines of frustration because it comes from like, this is the thing with like a lot of crash games, especially like crash one and stuff. Um, people complained about like camera placement that led to like poor depth perception, yep. um, which is an issue when you have like a fixed camera, I guess, but it doesn't have to be an issue. Like there's certain areas of the game where it's like, like directly behind you at like a certain low sort of height where like you can't quite judge your jumps very well. Mm-hmm. You want to rely on crash's shadow, but like sometimes it's not always that pronounced so oh i was gonna say a big source of my frustration um was like certain obstacles um or enemies that were placed like just off screen like so so, like the underwater levels were so frustrating for me not because of like um like the like the mines that would like fall down like that at least gave you like an audio cue Mm -hmm. so that you knew like what was happening but there were certain types of like fish that would like swim back and forth on the screen and you would like swim up to them and they like move back and forth pretty fast and you would swim up like within their path without like knowing that they were 
on like the end of their their like little path that they take and then mm-hmm. they would come like flying back and just smack into you and you had like no time to react it was yes. frustrating yeah yeah um that and, and i remember oh, oh I, was, go I was gonna add similar to that exact thing with like limited depth percent or uh visibility on like a side scrolly section mm-hmm. the the i think it was just one level where it's like kind of dark and you're doing like side scrolly platforming and you just have like even less visibility on the edges so it's like an even thinner mm-hmm. cone that you can see for these jumps and stuff but yeah go ahead right and then there was one level um where it, it was a section where like a i think it was like a chase section you know mm-hmm. where you have like the, the camera is like that too yes. in front of yeah. crash and you're, you're like running blind forward which is like whatever because that was a thing in the old crash games but at the end of like a certain part of the chase section there was a checkbox or checkpoint box that was on the very, very edge of a platform. Mm. And so I ran up to it, um, broke it, and then immediately like slid off the edge and just like died just because the check the checkpoint box was placed so close to the edge. And it's like, why would you do that? Because like normally there's like a, a generous amount of space around the checkpoint box so that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That just annoyed me. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the, the section, I don't know what to call them. Chase sections, I think, is a good way to describe yeah. the running towards the camera um, parts of the game. That's obviously a difficult thing to, like, show properly. I will say that for the most part, for the most part, I feel like they did a good job, like, telegraphing what the path you needed to be on was with, like, the Wampa Fruits and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, And, like, that was where, where jumps were coming and stuff like that. I didn't have, like a ton of issues but i will say that if you're doing the speed or the time trials uh that eliminates like all wampa fruits which is like kind of an issue whenever you use that for the telegraphing of jumps that you can't like see very quickly so yeah that sucks it kind of comes down to memorization at that point which you know is if that was the intention that's fine but i don't know if that was necessarily what they wanted or what Mm -hmm. makes sense for i don't know like if there was some some elements of like the level design aside from the Wampa Fruits that would help telegraph to direct just to give you a little bit more time to react for some of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think another big issue with the game is sort of like mis- misjudged enemy hitboxes or just inconsistent hitboxes with like lasers and other stuff. I noticed this a lot when I was playing the game like you know when i did that review on my personal channel like a long time ago at this point i had a lot of complaints about the water boss because i felt like the water boss had very unforgiving and overly large hitboxes for like the waves and stuff like that yeah that's probably where i don't know i probably dropped like 15 lives on that level beating it this time because it was just it was rough it was rough yeah yeah definitely the um like there were there were times where like i guess i would try to jump too late and even though it looked like i was gonna like go over the the attack i I would still die immediately yes (laughs) yeah that one and uh for the underwater levels um there were some like little fishes like you know those like little tiny fishes Mm -hmm. and it's like oh that's not an enemy because there's other like really tiny parts of yeah stuff that kind of blend in and it's just like why did you make this tiny fish an enemy like i feel like you need to do a better job at telegraphing what's gonna 
explode my submarine, you know? Yeah. Also the um the fire boss, you know how you fight him in like the mech suit? Like you have to run from him and then fight him in the mech suit. Mm-hmm. Um when you're chasing after him and he starts dropping like the little like little fiery poop rocks. Pellets? Yeah. Yeah, his little like poop pellets. He doesn't like tell I mean there's like a certain like timing that you get used to, but he I wish he like telegraphed, like, hey, I'm going to drop this now. Mm-hmm. Instead of just it just like popping out of his butt pretty much. Yeah. That that <laughs> definitely can feel frustrating. Yeah. Luckily, I, I think I just got lucky on my first few like runs through that. Like it didn't I didn't mm-hmm. get dicked over by that or anything. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, let's jump into the boss fights actually. Okay. What would you say is like the most annoying? one because they're all kind of annoying honestly yeah i mean i i think i i texted you for the first one because i was like i was like this is like the stupidest thing ever because it's like the it's just weird like the two balls and it, it just felt like it's not sort of like fun. up to luck yeah yeah um i probably didn't have the best strategy there um the water one i think was one of the most frustrating just because the hitbox was stupid it's kind of weird how short that level is too like it's just a yeah. very short platforming section but it's annoyingly hard yeah um the the fire one i just mentioned my issue with that it wasn't like that bad um but yeah he like definitely some more like telegraphing of of his attacks would have been appreciated the airplane one i was kind of like what the fuck it's so long um, I d- <laughs> yeah it was too long um and and there were like certain attacks like the the one i think it was his right hand where it had like the beam that would like chase you around screen i kept like fucking that up for whatever reason and like forgetting how to move in a circle because the playing controls felt so wonky to me i don't remember how they were inverted or whatever probably inverted Um, both directions if i had to guess but he would catch you with that beam and it would melt your health so fast Mm -hmm. where you're just like oh my god stop Mm -hmm. i think that's where i just got stopped the first time i played it mm -hmm. or not the first time i played it but like whenever i played it earlier for that review i mentioned but yeah. yeah that uh that's it sucked it was like so like butt clenching i felt like the whole time because yeah. you're just like it's just this is fairly simple but like i gotta i gotta just like stay focused for like i don't know like four minutes is what it felt like oh and then there was that one attack he had where there was like a blue like line that would like come down from over top there were like sometimes that would come down i had like nowhere to dodge to it like covered the I whole screen that. yeah i don't know i don't know if he had to like shoot his face while he was doing it that was because i ran into that too and i'm like did i have to like shoot it as it was coming out of his mouth or something to have a sp- i don't even know i but, don't know yeah so there were just like hits that i just tanked because i was like i don't mm-hmm. i literally don't know how to like escape this <laughs> yep yep that one was annoying how did you find the final boss fight very uh, i mean like individually each like little little like different type of attack is not that hard to deal with but like one mistake and like you have to do the whole thing over again and it's that just feels long. so unforgiving and there's like those sections in between where it's like okay now crunch is gonna jump over here he's gonna knock over cortex and he's gonna you're gonna have yeah. to kick cortex or aku uku uka uka is gonna have to pick him up and set him back it's like right. some downtime in between that kind of makes it extra annoying and also, um, one of the troubles that I was having initially was, so like after you dodge his, all of his like attacks for the round or whatever, and then he's like stunned for a little bit. It's so hard to run over there and get the bazooka aimed in time. To hit him. <laughs> yeah. 
At least it was for me because it's like inverted and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it's not it's not a very it's a weird targeting system because it like shows what you're targeting on is like instead of where you're I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's like there's a, like a reticle that you have to like a like a 3D reticle almost that you yeah. have to like move around as fast as you can. It's, it's awkward. It's a little strange. I did find subsequent subsequent playthroughs of the final boss because I had to beat it. Th- I beat it once. And then I played the whole game again, and then I beat it again to get the final ending. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's actually, there's actually easy ways to just dodge all of the everything. Mm-hmm. Like for the for Rocco's, you just got to run not where the shadow is, which is the only one you got to put like some amount of thought into it, basically. Um, yeah. But for the ice cubes that like pop up. For the that water, won't kill you. It just immobilizes you oh, for a second. Also, if you just stand like at the bottom center. Like no ice cube has ever, I don't, I, that's what I always did. No ice cube ever looked in my path ever. Yeah. Uh, for the fire, you just stand in between the two middle ones and you'll be safe on one of them basically. And then for the electric, if you just go to like the top in between two of them, you just can't get hit. Uh, yeah. So doing it again after learning all that, it's, it's not too bad. I think mm-hmm. water is probably my least favorite, although nice and short if you are, if you're able to pull it off, I guess. Yeah. Uh I found the rock to be fairly it's like boring almost. Like you you don't get a move fast in the ball and it's like awkward to control. Mm-hmm. You're not like chasing the the other rocks around. You're just kind of I, I was just kind of waiting for them to circle around and hit me because I I don't know. It's hard to react fast in that thing too. So yeah. And I got lucky on the fire thing, so I didn't have to deal with too much. Anyway, okay, what have we not covered in the mechanics? Just... In, so how do you feel um, about the pity mask? I don't care. Yeah, I, I do. have no I have no shame. <laughs> I have a little I, I I don't know. I have like some we- I believe that in I may be wrong, but I believe that in like time trials and stuff for like the original game or for the insane trilogy, I guess I should specify. I believe that starting a time trial removed your mask. But I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. I feel like that. I feel like for time trials and stuff like that, I like the idea of just starting on a level playing field. You know what I mean? Like, you can't bring mask into it. You don't have to worry about that whole aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. Like going to another level and acquiring a mask or something, and you get a pity mask every time you do. I think it's like five or so deaths, deaths at a specific checkpoint, which is fine. I think that's good. I don't know if it stacks though. Like I don't know if you can get like the second tier of the mask or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I'll take the pity mask. Uh, no, no real problem other than like speed, speed run, time trial stuff. So how do you feel about playing as Coco? I think we already talked about this. Mostly, it's just like a nerfed version of Crash, which isn't yeah. super fun. Does Coco appeal to girls? If you were, um, if you were a young girl at the time, would you be like, finally, there's a girl Crash? When I was a kid. I got to play the Coco levels. I didn't really care about Coco. I was excited about her tiger friend. Oh. Because she had like a little tiger that she would ride on. Yeah. So I didn't really care about her. <laughs> okay. I just like the cute tiger. That makes sense. Because I noticed, um, so in the in the design document video that I mentioned earlier, they list the demographics and they were like, you know, young, I don't know, I don't know the ages, but like young boys and girls. As well as like what they described as core gamers, which I assume is us. Coco was obviously in earlier 
crash games, but like, I wonder if her implementation was to appeal to young girls as well. Must be, right? I don't know. Well, especially because like, um, in the first crash game, the female character was a, um, big curvaceous, uh, blonde wombat bandicoot bandicoot that, yeah sorry yeah that crash was horny for um and so i think like replacing that with like a like a sister character for like little girls to connect with is is probably better i think definitely better <laughs> i think that's objectively preferable for you know 10 year old girls so not that there's anything wrong with being a curvaceous sexy bandicoot it's not that there's anything wrong with that it's just that you know, maybe that doesn't need to be the only depiction of women for young girls. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and for like a young girl to connect to, there's probably not a lot to connect to there. <laughs> not a lot to connect to. Um, I never understood the point of the laptop, though. Yeah. She doesn't like really do anything with it. She's meant to like, be like the she's meant to be like a tech guy. You're basically Coco in real life now. Oh, I guess you're right. I am Coco. <laughs> Sort of like yeah okay i don't carry my laptop get a laptop bag girl how about that <laughs> she doesn't have time for the laptop bag she needs to open it and be ready to she roll. needs to beat somebody's ass with her macbook <laughs> <laughs> then things are sturdy yeah i think coco's fine i like her overalls it's neat mm -hmm. oh yeah so you could jump higher and stuff did mm. you notice any issues playing with a no. controller that did not support you know pressure sensitive buttons no no, I played. Well, no, I played with my um, Xbox controller, and it it did like pick up on like if I held the button down longer. Yeah, so maybe it was just longer and not harder. Yeah. I guess that would make sense. Yeah, anyway. I didn't have any problems there. Yeah, I guess that would make sense because you jump as soon as you press the button. It's not like after it determines how hard you're pressing the button. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if there was any use of the pressure sensitive buttons actually. <laughs> anyway. One dumb thing I thought that I thought I mentioned was that there's like this weird. So bonus level service checkpoints only if you mm -hmm. die in the bonus level. And there's usually checkpoints right next to bonus levels. If you complete the bonus level and then die and there's no like checkpoint near you, you go back to that previous checkpoint and not to the bonus level. I just thought they should make up their minds. Just be like, you know, mm -hmm. bonus levels are not checkpoints. There's just checkpoints and there's probably just checkpoints next to bonus levels so yeah yeah i don't know i just thought that was a little unclear from the player's perspective so let's move in to level design so just right off the bat do you have a favorite level or a least favorite level non-boss fight related i guess uh there was like uh, a castle and there was like computers in the castle <laughs> yeah and that one was okay <laughs> So I guess there is an issue. Like they do have different like aesthetics, so it's like almost easy to point them out, but they reuse those aesthetics, so it's like then yeah. they kind of meld together. I mean, like any anything that was like your classic like crash platforming, I like I like those levels. Yeah, those are anything pretty good. Sorry, go ahead. Those are pretty good, like the better aspect yeah. of the game. Right. Anything that is underwater or the the air the airship, airplane, spaceship fighter jet levels i did not like those mm -hmm. they controlled weird <laughs> and they did not feel great yeah i liked that they were mostly like pretty simple and to get over with like you could get both gems in one go and then you could do it once more to get the time trial and be done with it mm -hmm. um but yeah they were just like 
unnecessary. Like, I don't know. Did they want Crash to just be kind of like a big smattering of different things to do? Like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I prefer, I prefer, like, when it is just platforming, it's usually pretty good. Uh-huh. Well, and like, Crash Warped did something very, very similar or, or pretty much like the same formula where it's like, okay, we have some like classic platforming levels. We have some underwater stuff. We have some racing mini games. We have some like some of the stuff with like Coco where it's like you have the tiger or whatever. Um, I think Crash 2 stuck pretty closely to like the classic like platforming stuff. Right. Yeah, I think I do remember this being kind of brought up as the sort of beginning to rely on vehicle levels and stuff to like vary yeah. the gameplay. Yeah. It's right. not my favorite. Which yeah, yeah, no, I, I I prefer just like the classic platforming. I mean like the roly poly ones were okay. I liked those. Yeah, they they were kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think I like the platforming more than that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it would have been cool to have a whole game that was just the hamster ball levels, but I did really <laughs> like them. And there's only four of them in the game. There's mm-hmm. the extra one in the bonus world stuff. I don't know if I have a favorite level either. I like the hamster ball levels. That's probably my favorite favorite level uh any of the underwater sections is automatically my least favorite all three of them combined actually probably the last underwater section is my least favorite they all suck yeah i just hate i hate that you can turn the submarine towards you and you can't shoot i just it should only be facing left or right i hate Mm -hmm. it i hate it all the time it's terrible it's so hard to like (laughs) maneuver quickly and there's like these fish Mm -hmm. that are like Usain Bolton around and I just <laughs> just slightly off screen yeah just again. slightly off screen there's so much shit in front of the camera all the time too it's mm-hmm. annoying I had to redo that one like the last submarine level I had to redo it once because I missed a box I like got to the end and I was like oh I have 84 out of 85 boxes that I want to I want to die um, <laughs> so I had to redo it and then I had to redo it again because it was the only level that I didn't get the time trial in first try because the like Sapphire time trials are like pretty generous. Like if you just beat uh-huh. it quickly, kind of always holding, holding gas or whatever, you can pretty much get the time trial complete. But that one I had to do twice. It's like, <laughs> I want to die again. It's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. Cause in the time trials, you can't die. Because it's just one shot through the whole thing. And those submarine levels, they go so slow. Mm-hmm. Oh, they so feel bad. so long. They're so long. And I hate them. Yeah, so it feels like that was most of my ex- time spent in the game is those goddamn submarine levels. There's only three yeah. of them, but they overstayed their welcome. I like the 2D side-scrolling sections. My only gripe with that is that they don't lock the Z-axis and you can still yes. wibble-wobble around and stuff, which is annoying. Sometimes it misaligns you from jumps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. Anyway. It is dumb. Anyway. Um, we already mentioned the running towards the camera sections. And I know that you hate being chased. Is that like, is that triggering <laughs> for you? <laughs> you know, somehow being chased is a little less worse if it's like you see the it? tsunami wave. Is it what? that you see it? Like if if it was, imagine the cameras flipped around and you just know that there's a tsunami behind you. Would that be more scary? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I honestly don't know. I guess, like, yeah, if I couldn't see it, but then, like, I could see, like, evidence of it, like, creeping up on me, like a shadow or something, like, coming over me, that might, like, stress me out a little bit more. Yeah. But, like, when you're being chased by, like, a big creature, 
that's like a little bit more stressful to me than like, like I said, like the tsunami. And I feel like there were, well, there was like the herd of rhinos that wasn't really stressful. I was more like, oh, cool. A herd of rhinos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wasn't like, ah, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I'm so scared like of Like the dragon. Yeah. Huh? The dragon's so like, dopey and stuff that it's like not yeah. super. Yeah. That wasn't bad. Um, I guess it's being chased yeah, no, by as... something scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, as a kid, I guess I have, like, the memory of, like, being chased by, like, the Triceratops or whatever. And, like, that stressed me out really bad. Mm, Um, But I'm a grown-ass woman now. I can handle these Crash Bandicoot levels. Mm -hmm. I feel like being chased is, like, part of the Crash game's identity, too. For better or worse. I feel like you can handle them well. And I feel like Crash 4, from what I played, I think it had some of those sections. And it was like, yeah, this is good. It's fine. I wonder if that was inspired by the indiana jones scene or if the oh, indiana probably. jones scene was inspired by something even older mm-hmm. i don't know i would say anyway. that even if the indiana jones scene was inspired by something i'd say this is probably inspired by indiana jones yeah yeah um unless i'm really stupid and my like young age is showing and i just completely misremembered when certain things came out and in what order but i'm i'm fairly confident in saying that raiders of the lost i Art, think it's indiana jones yeah it came out first okay um, yeah so yeah uh so this is so with ps2 vibration my it was like the entire time you're being chased you're holding down on the movement mm-hmm. stick and your controllers just like vibrating like nobody's business and there were like multiple times where i had to like reach over with my other hand and like readjust my thumb because i because <laughs> <laughs> i like couldn't like stop running forward but like it was vibrating so hard it was like slipping my thumb off so yeah it was just a little weird um it's immersive yeah and you can turn off vibration i'm pretty sure so it's not that big of a deal but i thought that was funny so we already mentioned the vehicle levels is there any vehicle that we didn't discuss i hated the hover pack levels yeah i was gonna say there's only one hover pack but there's 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 a bonus one that oh the bonus levels are weird there's there's the five bonus levels that you can go to if you go to the center in the hub world it'll take you to like five bonus stages after you complete the main game and you unlock those by getting the time trial relics and then there's like two gems in each of them and yeah they're weird the first one is i think i think it's just one of the castle crash levels but you play as coco and it's dark so you don't mm. have like crashes mobility, but mm-hmm. it's still doable. Um, and then the second one, oh, the second one is another race, like the in which we forgot to bring up the race in this game, but the race. Oh yeah, the one race. So let's bring up the race. The race sucked. Like it did suck. It was so you were so slippery and everything was so bumpy, yeah. and it was so annoying to like bump into for you to be so slippery and to like bump into an enemy racer and they would just like immediately kill your momentum and like not not like you pass in response like they could bump you around but you can't bump them around i hate that i hate that games (laughs) (laughs) getting so getting all of the crates in that that level would nearly ended me because it's just one Uh, it's one lap yeah and you are it's very hard to be precise in that thing it's yeah. so easy to miss crates. And then it's like, well, I can't freaking reverse unless I could right. reverse. And I'm just like a big, big, <laughs> stupid idiot. And there was a reverse button the whole time. Um, but it's like, yeah, I would have to start the level over again. And it's like, I went like so slowly just to get them all. I was like, mm-hmm. but even then it's like, you can still miss them. 
It was dumb. But the uh, the second bonus level is a race in minecarts against crunch. Huh. It's weird. Okay. So there's like a bunch of alternate paths and stuff. And I didn't know if you caught this, but you can actually slow down and speed up in that. There's only one minecart section. It's in that first series of levels. Oh, for like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you can actually speed up and slow down for that section. Um, but okay. in this like race one, there's like a bunch of like, uh, it's actually really interesting because it's like three laps around this track and there's like a bunch of alternate paths and stuff. And I don't know. It was, it was interesting to try to get all the crates in that because you had to like, remember which path you took and stuff like that it was like kind of daunting at first but it was you know it was doable and challenging in a fun way the third bonus level is the hover pack thing but you're racing against a polar bear on a flying carpet and you're going through rings it's so strange that sounds really difficult too (laughs) it it was actually pretty easy Mm. It had like the racing thing where it was like this this fat ass polar bear can't get his <laughs> fucking dump truck out of the way to let me pass him. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, once you passed him, it was like easy to stay in the lead. Um, <laughs> and then the second, the fourth one was a hamster ball level. It was the hamster ball in space, which was the level that was on the back of the box that I never got to. And I was Why like, would they put that on the back of the box? It is then? kind of interesting to put it on the back of the box. That's weird. But I got there and I'm like, this is the level. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and then the last one is, oh, it's snowboarding as Coco. Oh. Like that one section where you snowboarded as Coco going uh-huh. through like the, yeah. what are those called? The, like the slalom run thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, where you're being chased? This one, you're not being chased. Okay. It's actually like it's there's no checkpoints or anything like that. It's, it's kind of like an endurance thing. Um and you're going on like a set path that has like a bunch of like different tiers and stuff. So it's more like platforming on a snowboard, like SSX. <laughs> kind of like SSX with crates. Uh-huh. <laughs> um which was that was cool. I didn't hate it. It was a little stressful getting all the crates cuz it was pretty long and you can't back that snowboard up. Um, Mm -mm. But you can go as slow as you want. So, or pretty much as slow as you want. So, the bonus levels were actually pretty fun. I just derailed the conversation, I think, to talk about the hover pack thing. Is there any other... I think we talked about everything else. There was that, there was that aliens like mech suit. Oh, I hated that. I didn't love it. No. Did not love it. Uh, The aiming... Stopping and having to shoot was so... Just like the aiming was just so awkward and clunky and frustrating. It would have been better to just have like a flamethrower, like... The water, yeah. kind of like the water thing you had during the boss fight, uh-huh. but just something to spray and pray. Mm-hmm. So vehicle levels, they don't explain the controls, which is annoying. They're in the manual. This is a different time of games. I guess I'll let it slide. I don't know. I thought it was done. I thought they could just pop up like, hey, here's the here's the two buttons that you need to know, because sometimes they change when you hop on a scooter and you can't figure out how to go. You know, completion criteria is kind of like Crash 1, like I mentioned earlier. It's like pretty straightforward the assignment is easily understood i never felt like i needed to look anything up it was like here's where to go nothing's like overly hidden i felt like so that was nice sort of like an easily understood challenge some of the like alternate paths for the levels were like super hard like the alternate path that you could take whenever you would get the crystals and then you could go back and like explore a different section of the level those were probably the probably the most challenging sections of the game which was Fun and frustrating, I guess. 
Uh, I thought it was dumb to include the nitro crates in the crate completion. I don't know if this bothers you or not, but it's like you can't destroy them. You always destroy them by hitting a box at the end. Do they even need to be in there? Um, well, I mean, like, they serve as, like, an obstacle. Right, as an obstacle, but, like, for the crate completion, I felt like was... Oh, um, well, sometimes there were, like, puzzles kind of around where it's, like, okay, you have to, like, carefully navigate to, like, destroy a certain crate and then, or, like, destroy something in a certain order to make sure that you got all the normal boxes and just left the nitros or whatever. I don't know. I I don't really have a complaint about it. I think Um, the thing that annoyed me was, like, in the bonus levels, because you obviously can't return to a bonus level, but the... The nitro crates are included in the bonus level, so you kind of have to do a quick, yeah. a quick little math equation. Yeah, the first time it happened, I was like, "Wait, but I couldn't get the nitros. Like, I just can't right. destroy those." Yeah, and that kind of like right. threw me off. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know. Once I got used to it, knew what was going on, I was like, "Eh." Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. So that's that. Did you try to get any of the gems, relics? Um, like I said earlier, I did start off getting like crate completion so i got the i got the silver gem for quite a few levels and then i think by like the third or fourth set of worlds i was like eh, i just want to be the game yeah get it over with. i think i did that at first too and then i had some more time because i beat the game in one sitting at first and mm. then i was like oh well i guess i could have done some more stuff um, yeah so i went back and but yeah it's a pretty short game if you're not going for completion uh-huh. um but did you do any of the relics time trials no 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 yeah they're pretty easy it's kind of i don't know so like the crates turn into little number blocks that you can do to stop the timer for a certain amount of seconds like the Mm -hmm. other crash games yeah um which is neat but yeah okay so did you have a favorite level aesthetic you said you like the castle is that like yeah i think the the castle um anything that was like jungly (laughs) i like the jungly stuff too the castle i think was my favorite yeah, and I liked um, one of the levels is Coco, where you're in, oh, like, Hong Kong. I guess, China yeah, yeah, yeah. or Hong Kong. Yeah, those, yeah I like Actually, that those too. are my favorite. Hong Kong, so yeah. Hong Kong and the Kingdom, those are probably the, the top yeah. ones. Yeah, I did like the dopey-looking donkeys in the Wild West one as well. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, how you like in Hub Worlds? Are they a turn-on for you? Because they're a big turn-on for me. I love me a good Hub World. Oh, you mean like the like the warp rooms? Yeah, the thing? warp room. You know, this is like a little um, bit of a. It's like a hub world light. You know what I mean? It's like a level. Yeah, set. I think I like how Sly Cooper did hub worlds better. Yeah, I. I you've never played Mario sixty four, right? No, but I know what you're talking. about. The take about. on hub worlds of Mario sixty four, where it's like a big place that you constantly return to, with mm-hmm. like little secrets and stuff. Is just my yeah. favorite thing. No, that's fun. That, yeah, because it's just like it becomes like home, and then it's like discovering that your home has an attic. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very yeah. fun. You can be like, "There's this room I've never been in in my home." Mm-hmm. That's fun, and I wish more games had like a Mario sixty four esque castle. Um, I don't know. It's it's real good. I'll I'll take this though. This feels nice, and I like returning to a place. That's fun to me. Um, yeah, I'll just, uh, I think I covered most of the collectible and completion stuff as well. Okay. Let me just. I think, I think you did. I skimmed through there. Yeah, yeah. Pretty quick, so. Yep, and I covered all of the uh, stuff. So visuals, we already discussed that the opening cutscene looked pretty terrible. 
Uh, but the gameplay, <laughs> like the game itself, moving through the levels, levels look pretty well detailed and stuff like that. How do you feel about like the sort of trope in the Crash series where Crash will get gruesomely murdered at various points? I think it is like at least if you're going to kill the player over and over and maybe frustrate them a little bit at least give them something funny to look at you know so like i'm okay with it <laughs> yeah i like turning into an angel instantly yeah yeah that was that was fun it's like that meme where it's like they just end up in heaven instantly you know what i'm talking about yeah it's like yeah. okay it's like someone's got a gun to your head it's like okay i'm going to i'm going to hit the gun out of their hand it's like what? and then they're just in heaven like do it yeah. like finishing the motion it's like oh god dang it uh yeah i like i like that um getting like cut in half and it's just like comedically like just like half your body falls off it's like or like his legs kept walking yeah yeah i was like whoa yeah <laughs> or just getting like turned into ash and then you're just eyeballs yeah. um right it's like slapsticky you know tom and jerry s yeah 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 it's it's fun and i believe that's still a part of the crash games so, mm -hmm. yeah that's 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 neat um some of the things that i found to be very nostalgic for me and maybe anyone who played this game as a kid couldn't relate but the loading screens probably due to how long i would have to sit there and watch them i found yeah. nostalgic just sitting there as crashes like falling through like i don't know data i don't know what's happening around them. cyberspace the way that the villains heads pop up and taunt you i found also very nostalgic just like I don't know, like the weird like lighting that was going on. They're like kind of like underlit. The lighting's like, I think, moving around them and stuff. It's just, it's a look that I'm I'm fond of. It's kind of burned into my head. The intro, where it's like that warpy sort of like oh, logos yeah. going by, and then it's like developed by Trip. You know, it's all it's all very that, good. That was like pretty much the exact same as the uh crash three intro by the way <laughs> okay yeah okay. like if you'd play that you'd be like oh this is where they got the idea from interesting um yeah but yeah that that's that's locked in my head um i um the crash bandicoot theme yeah yeah that's like real good nostalgic for me also i don't think this game did it but in crash warped after you came out of a level crash would like pull out like all the gems that he got from the level out of his pocket yes. and he would do like this da and then you would like go ding and put it in like the spot or whatever but he would also do this little dance mm -hmm. and he would do it every single time does he do it in this game he i don't think i don't, think, it, think, I don't he does. think he does um and there was also like the crate smashing which i think maybe it was only in the first game I'm, that was only in the first game yeah, yeah but i did i did like that just getting eviscerated <laughs> it's like yeah you completed the level you only missed one two three four five six seven eight nine ten right eight. It's, and he like falls over and is like knocked gets, out because like, he just more keeps getting and more knocked down depending on how many legend eventually he's yeah. just like dead yeah <laughs> but yeah i missed i miss his little dance yeah it was fun it was a fun little dance anyway <laughs> so yeah that's kind of nostalgic stuff for me let's get into sound design real quick before we get into sure. recommendations and stuff um mainly just want to talk about the uh the all-star voice acting cast that this game seemingly pulls out of nowhere uh they got clancy brown as both uh, cortex and uka uka which is like hey that's probably the biggest name associated with this so he is uh patrick okay you know he's not patrick he's mr krabs he's a oh. lot of spongebob characters his okay his his like voice acting credits is like it's probably humongous is very extensive like he's in <laughs> so many things 
He's, he's the guy. He's like the guy. So he's in like a ton of shows across like Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and Disney. Um, he's done a good amount of like video game stuff as well. He was in Sly Cooper. He's in Jack. He's in God of War. He's in Mass Effect. Uh, and he star. He had like a starring role in Detroit Become Human, where he plays himself. Um, oh wow! Yeah, he's like he's mocapped and everything, so it's just him. It's oh, Clancy okay. Brown in there. Um, I love Detroit Become Human, by the way. Fantastic! I would. I'm hesitant to recommend it to you because I'm not sure if you would actually like it, but okay. <laughs> it is. It is fun. It's a choose your own adventure game. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have a fantastic. You know, maybe maybe you wouldn't. It's a little heavy-handed with the symbolism and the writing and all that. Okay. <laughs> is it fun to just do different things sometimes and sometimes characters die? Yes. Yes, it is. Is it fun to have Mr. Krabs swearing at you? Yes, that is fun too. <laughs> um, so yeah, Clancy Brown, probably the biggest guy. Um, this was also one of uh, Mel Winkler's roles as Akuaku. He voiced Akuaku in... You know, many of the future Crash games, starting with Crash 3. Um, he's also a Midwestern, fellow Midwesterner. So salute mm. to Mel Winkler. Passed away recently in 2020 at 78. You can really feel mm. his old. I thought he was Lance Reddick at first. When I was like listening to the dialogue and stuff, I was like, is that, mm -hmm. is that Lance Reddick? Like this feels like <laughs> some sort of famous voice that I've heard before. They, uh very sweetly paid respects to him in the uh, Crash 4 It's About Time credits. Nice little illustration uh, in memory of. So that was nice. So, the masks. Now sit down for this. So we got, okay. we got Thomas Wilson, Biff from okay. Back to the Future, basically just playing What the fuck? Basically <laughs> just playing Biff uh, as Rocco. Okay. Or, yeah. Or Rock. I don't think I recognize his voice. Yeah, he's like he feels like he's just Biff. Like it's like they took sound. Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Ronald Lee Emery uh, as Wawa, the drill sergeant from Full Metal yep. Jacket, who is a okay. real ass. Recognize the drill sergeant voice. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this fun fact about Full Metal Jacket. He's just a real drill sergeant. So they they brought him in to coach the the actor who would be the drill sergeant, and and they were like, "We'll just use you." They were like, uh, Actually, let's just use you. You're really good at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's him. I don't know if he's had that's like a so bunch funny. of other roles, but he is the drill sergeant. So yeah, yeah. I need to see Full Metal Jacket. That's a fun. It's not a fun movie. Um, it's a it's a. I've watched the first half of Full Metal Jacket, which is weird because <laughs> it becomes a different movie after the whole like boot camp scene. Um, anyway, anyway. Um, and then we have Mark Hamill as Pyro. I didn't know. I didn't even process that. Yep. You know, I don't think I was listening to any of the in-between cutscenes at that point. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> his, his, his stuff is a little weird. So he's Luke Skywalker, obviously. And then the Joker, probably right. his two biggest roles. Luke Skywalker, yeah, obviously so. being the biggest, but like. In he's also a character in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, really? But not, not a game that we're going to play for the podcast, sadly. Unless we open up to like other, to like PSP games or whatever. Oh, maybe we have it. to at some point. Um, <laughs> all right. That's, that's all we got for the games before we get into the recommendations. Unless you have anything else to add. No. All right. Where can you play this game? In the year of our Lord 2023. You can play it on a PlayStation 2, a GameCube, Xbox, or you can emulate it. 
playing it on PS3 through backwards compatibility is a nice experience. There's a smoothing mode, and that may be more accessible to most people through HDMI. But the long load times, you know, PlayStation 2 disc and stuff like that. I don't know. How'd you like emulation? Fine. I have no complaints. Upscaled, it looks pretty good. So maybe that's maybe that's the play. Do we recommend this game, Morgan? I'll let you go first. Um uh i mm, i think the original trilogy has a bit more charm in some ways mm-hmm. um but if if you like crash if you like platformers then i would say yeah okay i don't think it's like terrible i think it has its flaws but i i know we say this a lot this is not the worst thing we've experienced no it's not the worst thing we've experienced um so when I played this game for the first time, I was like, this is a bad game. Yeah. Playing it again after Crash 1, I'm it's like, not that bad. I'm like, this is, I think, maybe better than Crash 1 and maybe more in line with that original trilogy than I initially thought. I will say without the save states, I would have been ripping my hair out. Yeah. So maybe just consider emulating and cheesing with save states if you feel like you got it to, to get that. To get that ramen egg experience where right. it's like you select how you want this to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this game is like not as bad as I thought. I was expecting a stinker and I ended up completing it and I enjoyed my time for the most part. I know we ca- mm-hmm. we talked about a lot of the negative aspects of this game. Deservingly, there's a lot of negative aspects of this game. But honestly, there's a lot of negative aspects about a lot of Crash games. So I don't know. It's in line. And I feel like it's I feel like if you if you're capable of enjoying the original Crash trilogy from what I've played, I feel like this game is maybe not better than those, but in line with those. Like, I don't feel like it's that far off. It is more Crash. There's probably more vehicle levels than you want, but Mm -hmm. it's still got some, you know, good, frustrating, you know, challenging (laughs) platforming crash bandicoot goodness that's subjective but i think it's more crash than not crash yes and if if you're a fan of crash the original trilogy other crash games i feel like you are capable of enjoying this game very high praise i know that's all i gotta say Mm -hmm. um does this game need a remake morgan no (laughs) yeah probably not well especially because there's already like another crash bandicoot 4 yeah that's true it's a better experience much better (laughs) Um, I want to play that eventually, but I don't know if I mentioned this on or off the air. I just have so many games that I have to mm-hmm. get back to. Um, it, it, honestly, it probably can't, it'd be cool if it got a port, if it was just available, that'd be neat, you know, preservation wise and stuff like that. But I don't know if it's possible. I, I feel like there's a good chance this game is stuck in some sort of licensing hell when it comes to like voice mm-hmm. talent or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, what would be what would you like to see next from this series, Morgan? I wouldn't. Okay, yeah, not a big. <laughs> like I said, I just want Spyro. Not a big. Cra- yes, uh, I personally, even if Toys for Bob is not making another like proper Crash game, if they made anything that wasn't just some like gun to their head live service <laughs> confusing product, that'd be great. If that was Spyro, that would be fantastic. It feels unfair that we got a new Crash game and not a new Spyro game. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I would love to play a new Spyro game. But hey, we're playing what is to, new to me, a new Spyro game. 
Speaking of flawed experiences, yeah, hey, we're playing Spyro Under the Dragonfly mm-hmm. next episode. Next month, we will be playing Spyro Enter the Dragonfly, which is maybe the first entry of Spyro on the PS2. I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to try. I, I don't know anything about this game. Not developed by Insomniac, much like Crash, no longer developed by Naughty Dog. It sure is a video game. It's a video game. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you don't like about it. Um, oh, I'm excited to hear what you don't like about what it. What am I in for? Is this going to be like a frustrating, challenging, or just monotonous? I think you're going to be like, they've bucked this. They, this, they put this back in the oven. This mm. is not done. <laughs> now, the only Spyro game that I've played is the first one. And like Crash, I felt the need to get the Platinum for some reason. A much more pleasant experience getting the Platinum in Spyro than in Crash. Mm-hmm. Is this a collectathon? Like, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Collectathon platformer, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. It sure is something. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Yeah. I think. Maybe I shouldn't be. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, please support the podcast by leaving a review or rating. Subscribe, follow, stay up to date. Share the show with a friend who loves this generation of video games. I don't know. Please write in with any questions or feedback to. Or lore. Or lore to Analog Stick mail (laughs) at gmail.com until next time goodbye goodbye